mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The book of Proverbs has many allusions and references to the Garden of Eden. In chapter 3, it says, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth, by understanding he established the heavens. And then in chapter 8, it says, The Lord possessed me, wisdom, at the beginning of his way, before his works of old, I have been established from everlasting, from beginning, before there was ever an earth. And in chapter 3, it also says, Wisdom is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. It's with that picture of the Garden of Eden that we come to a proper understanding of wisdom, of what wisdom is all about from the very foundations of the world, including when temptation entered in. God designed a world meant to bless and prosper us. He gave us the tree of life. He gives us all that we need, and he calls us to listen to him. He gives Adam one command. Do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But the serpent is crafty. He first gets Eve to doubt the command as if she perhaps didn't understand it correctly. He claims that if they just take of that tree, they will instantly be like God, to know good and evil, to have wisdom on their own terms. This is the art of seduction. Suddenly that tree, which was of no real interest to Eve, is alluring. She wants it. It's calling to her. It's inviting her for this instant gratification. And so she takes and she eats. And Adam, standing by, does the same. The text for today alludes back to this difficulty that we all deal with, is discernment. It's pictured as a competition between two women calling for your attention. On the one hand, Lady Wisdom is calling out and she is inviting you to a banquet. On the other hand, Lady Folly is shouting about all the fun she's having. And she's telling you to come on in now. Our sermon is about discerning the difference between these two calls, these two ways, these two supposed paths of wisdom. And from the beginning to the end of chapter 9, you see the contrast. It's set up in a structure to make us notice a few things. First in chapter 9 verses 1 through 3. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. So there you have Lady Wisdom. On the other hand, verses 13 through 15 picture Lady Folly. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the high places of the town, calling to those who pass by who are going straight on their way. Now the call is the same. Whoever is simple, turn in here. 
but the preparations are quite different. You notice the difference between these two women. One has patiently planned and prepared a meal that you're invited to come to. The other is noisy and unprepared and lazy. But the initial appeal is for the one who is calling out to you right away and trying to offer you something instant. Lady Folly is about now, the desires. She's noisy, like the bombardment of technology that we can't seem to escape. The shiny screens and the attractive people that are constantly put in front of us as the model for what we should become the seduction of being popular or having power. She sits in the gate. She's in the high places where we see power has been established on earth. She's having a noisy party, and she keeps on shouting at you to join in. The peel is there, but she's not looking for those who are careful about the choices they're making. No, both Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly call to the simple. Now, there's three types of persons in the book of Proverbs. There's the wise, and there's the fool, and there's the simple. The wise and the fool are those who have already found the paths. They've already committed to their choices. But the simple is one who's still in the middle. Simple is the one kind of like an emerging teenager who is a bit lost an adolescent who is not yet mature. The word for simple is better understood as immature. It's not simple like they don't know anything, but they're immature in their thinking. They're more likely to turn to the instant gratification without really thinking through the consequences of what they're doing. And the simple don't realize how lazy folly is. She doesn't do anything to actually prepare a lasting, sustainable environment for them to live in. She knows nothing. She has no long-term plan. She has stolen her bread and her water. And all she wants is a quick feast and celebration. There's no honor in what she's doing. There's nothing but shame. On the other hand, Lady Wisdom is done all the prep work, the work of planning, the work of promising. God has been hard at work. He's building something that will last. It says he's building a house, a home, a place for you to permanently live. He's actually caring about your future. He is honorable in what he's doing, and he always wants you to know that this is the way of life. But he also wants you to know that there's a commitment involved with this way. There's a difficulty in it. We referred to the parable that Jesus told earlier in our service. And following that parable about the banquet feast, he says, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? There is something about going from being simple to being mature that involves counting the cost. 
the cost of discipleship, the cost of wisdom, it's not easy. And so the second thing we want to discern is the call. The difference between what these two women are saying. Lady Wisdom has three parts to her call. She has an offer of bread and wine. She has a demand to change your ways. And she has a promise of what's coming. She says, come, eat of my bread and drink of my, the wine I have mixed. So first, she offers you sustenance. She offers you something good, something that will sustain you. Second, she demands attention, a change. She says, leave your simple ways. As I said earlier, this has to do with immaturity, which is why I put a different translation in the bulletin for this verse. Abandon the ways of immaturity, come to life, and take up the road to understanding. It's about growing in your Christian faith out of childhood into what Paul says is the full measure of the stature of Christ. This is about discerning the call. But there are also consequences to the call. Not everyone accepts it. Not everyone heeds it. And there is a warning here that there are different reactions that Lady Wisdom is expecting. And when she has you seated at her table, she tells you, Whoever corrects a scoffer gets abuse for himself, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of it all, and there are those who do not fear the Lord. And without the fear of the Lord, you can't get anywhere. Here we have a warning that there will be those who scoff at the call. Jesus tells the same in the parable we read earlier, where there is a man hosting a banquet feast, and he goes out with these invitations, and he goes to those you would expect to be there, the prominent figures, the wealthy, the industrial, the wise. And he gives this invitation, but that first group is too busy. They've got other things going on. They've got their demands of their home life and their business and their future, and they don't come. They scoff at it. And so the master of the feast sends out a second group of servants, and they invite others, those who are not the likely ones to get the invitation in the first place, the downcast, the poor, the trodden on, the lame, the crippled, the spiritually weak who know it, there are those who will scoff at Lady Wisdom, and the warning here is that you can't do anything about it. In fact, the more you try to do about it, sometimes the worse it gets. Instead, the warning is to leave them to their folly, because a fool and his folly are inviting you to join in. The call is inviting us to a banquet. Jesus has taught the same. Jesus was often joining in meals, and he would teach at those meals, just like Lady Wisdom. You see the connection. 
The parables of banquets are alluding to this meal that Jesus is hosting where he wants you to sit down, join in, and where he teaches you. On the night when Jesus was going to be betrayed, he took bread, he took wine, he sat at the table, he gave them bread and wine, and he taught them and instructed them in the ways of wisdom. Again, Luke tells the account after the resurrection where Jesus is again at a meal, but they don't dis- discern him at first. They don't recognize him. They don't expect that Jesus has risen from the dead. And with the Emmaus disciples, he's brought into their house. He sits down at the table. But rather than being guest, he is the host, the host who breaks bread. This is about us joining the meal with Jesus, discerning him, his presence, his word, his sacrament, and his way of wisdom. How he teaches us, how he gathers us, how he sustains us. Think of the threefold invitation of Jesus, the offer of his bread and wine, his body and blood, the demand of repentance, of calling us not just to come as the simple, but to come in repentance, to come as the unworthy ones, the ones who are seeking his forgiveness, and then the promise that he will be with us always, that he forgives your sins. Forsake the way of the immature. Leave it behind, live, and walk in the way of insight. The Garden of Eden is indeed a continued theme throughout the scriptures right to the very end in the book of Revelation. But throughout that story, the story of your life, now in the middle, is the devil trying to work his way in with his noisy shouts, his shiny objects, his distractions, trying to get you to turn in for something that in the end is not going to provide you what you think it is. Discern the voice. This takes careful patience. It takes faith. It does not always feel good. It takes time. But in the end, it produces the fruit, the fruit of maturity. And in the end, it brings us back to the garden. Because in the end, Jesus' resurrection is to restore the garden relationship we have with our Lord, to bring us to the eternal banquet feast, where there is no more weeping, tears, or foolishness. Lady Wisdom is here, calling you on that long journey, which is why we're in the book of Proverbs right now, to find the wisdom we need every day on that long journey. As the words of one writer, a long obedience in the same direction. Join the feast, claim the promise, and come home. Amen.